Hey everyone, Mike here from uh, the Madden Mike Football Hour. Before we get into today's episode, I thought it would be right to just take a moment and acknowledge the tragedy that took place uh, this week during the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Um, dur- during the parade, someone with a with a firearm opened fire into the crowd. Then, last I heard, resulted in one fatality and at least 20 more people being hospitalized, um, including. Uh, several children uh, that I saw reported anyway. And it's really hard to put into words kind of how this makes me feel as a as a parent, especially, but just the sadness and fear, knowing this is a possibility every time you you send them out into the world. And, and, and I can only imagine uh, what the families impacted are going through right now. So I just wanted to say that it, uh, our hearts go out to the victims, the families, everyone who has been affected by this this awful thing that's happened um, during what's supposed to be a, a celebration of their team's achievement. And just speaking of the team and football itself, usually it serves as a, a great distraction from kind of the, the horrors of, of everyday and real life, and uh, which makes it an extra um, brutal for this to happen during such an event. And but that's that's what football is all about. It's about bringing people together and uh, yeah, providing that kind of uh, distraction from real problems. And that's I think you can say the same for all entertainment in general, including this uh, podcast. So just with that being said, we'll try to serve our purpose here now, do what we can to hopefully bring uh, some lightness and positivity back after what has been a, a tragic week for, for so many. Um, so with that being said, Let's get into the show. Two best of friends. Oh, wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs, or the Colts, or, wow, the Chargers. There we go. Not thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a flip king very <laughs> suddenly cried out in a silence. <laughs> the Matt and Mike Football Hour starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the latest episode of the Matt and Mike Football Hour. Oh, that's what we're doing. That's right. And uh, yeah, speaking of which, I feel like since you forced me to put your name first, you should be the one doing the intro. But well, that- hold on. This is a temporary name. We still have an off-season to work this out here. I, I don't know <laughs> if I can handle that kind of pressure. All right. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk in the off-season. Um, well, Matt. That's 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 corporate word for you're not going to be around here much longer. <laughs> Check your email. Uh, we're, we've got a one on one scheduled later today. Again, I just did one this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matthew, it's all over in the wide. Matthew, world. wow, it must be. I don't <laughs> think you ever in like all- 18 years ever <laughs> called me. It's, it's all over for you because you're fired. <laughs> I just want to thank my mom and my family, <laughs> the academy. 
Um, but no, in all seriousness, well, never mind. It's not serious yet because in the wise words of Elvis Dumbledore, <laughs> another year gone. <laughs> Only he had been there. Did we win any points? Who, who got the points this year? Well, we got some points. You know, who could have used a few more was the Packers in that divisional round game against the 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, they could have too. Um, but yeah, so only one thing on the agenda today. Uh, we'll talk about the Super Bowl. Obviously discuss the game, uh, what it might mean for both the winner and the loser. Uh, but yes, after we discuss the game, we'll talk about our off-season uh, programming schedule. Let's talk about the big game. Uh, well, it was kind of a defensive slugfest um, to start out. The 49ers were looking good on their first drive until Christian McCaffrey coughed up the football. The Chiefs recovered it. Uh, this was inside their own 10-yard line. I think Niners were on the verge of scoring points. And it was only the third fumble that McCaffrey had lost all season. So very uncharacteristic for him, but also a really nice punch out by the Chiefs defender, whose name I should have written down. An absolutely terrible timing. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, um, but the Niners played great defense. The Chiefs could not get anything going on their first few offensive possessions. Uh, the pass rush, especially, uh, was impacting the homes, getting through the line and, um, forcing him into either bad throws or runs that went nowhere or just even taking sacks. They looked really good. And it, it would end up being the 49ers who got the first points of the game as their rookie kicker, Jake Moody, set a, uh, a Super Bowl record that wouldn't last very long with the 55-yard field goal at that moment. Isn't that incredible? Like, they set the record, and then, like, Casey's got to be like, watch this. <laughs> right. Yeah, later in the game, um, later in the first half, I believe, uh, Harrison Butker would outdo him with a 57-yarder. But for a few glorious minutes, Jake Moody had the longest field goal uh, ever made in the Super Bowl with that 55-yarder. Uh, that put the Niners up 3-0 to zero early in the second quarter. Uh, Chiefs still struggling, but Mahomes did hit on a huge uh, deep pass to... <laughs> Put Demarcus Robinson question mark because I don't know if it was him. Um, it might not. It might have been McCole Hardman. Either way, it was. Uh, it was McCole Hardman. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> that would have been helpful before I said the wrong name, but <laughs> appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, yeah, beautiful pass by Mahomes. Put them down inside the Niners' ten-yard line, but then. Pacheco pulled a McCaffrey, if you will, because on the very yeah next they day, swapped they swapped fumbles, which is like what is going on with this offense all of a sudden? Yeah, really strange with because it meant that now each team's running back lost a fumble deep in opponent's territory in this first half, um, giving up points. They were just trying to make it a good game. That's what I told myself. It's like we can't keep this. We got to keep this interesting, right? Right. And it's like, how about not do that? Well, San Francisco would extend their lead to 10 points uh, later in the second quarter with the awesome trick play. That uh, was bananas. Purdy took the snap, and you could tell something weird was happening because he threw it um, to Jawan Jennings, the receiver, all the way out along one sideline. He threw it so far. It wasn't a forward pass. That, that's the key, right? You can only throw one forward pass per play, and it was clearly you know, a backwards pass because Jennings then threw it all the way back across the field to Christian McCaffrey, who 
ran it in for the touchdown. And, like, it's one of those plays, again, like, there's usually a few during any game. It works, so it looked genius. But the fact when Jennings threw that ball, I think everybody held their breath. Yes. They're like, if that pass is off at all. Big six. Yeah. Exactly. But it worked. So it's like, wow, this that was pretty creative. And I'm thinking, man, if anything had gone wrong, everyone would have been like, Shanahan's an idiot. Why would they ever draw that up? And it's like, well, because you have to take risks in the Super Bowl. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and it paid off in the big way. Uh, in a big way, gave them a ten nothing lead. But in the final two minutes of the half, uh, the Chiefs finally did put a drive together. They had some key third down conversions, including a a big scramble or not a scramble, but uh, Mahomes escaping the pocket, finding Justin Watson open on a third and ten. Ultimately, the Niners did get a, a stop in the red zone. A key sack on third down forced the field goal. So we went into the half ten to three, San Francisco in the lead. And it felt like a long first half. And it's funny because we talk about the need for defenses, these powerhouse offenses, and yet nobody got much going in that first half. Like, yeah, ten to three for these two offenses just seems very weird. Right, they're two top five offenses in the regular season, and and I think that's why it felt long because they there were so many possessions, they get so many three and outs or short drives ending in punts. Uh, very uncharacteristic for both of these teams. So, Matt, what did you think of Usher? The music, like, it wasn't a bad halftime show, I don't think. I'm kind of digging this whole, not just necessarily throwback, but where they invite kind of other artists. Like, before, you used to have kind of like a concert, right? You had, like, an opener or one special guest with your with with your main act, right? Right, yeah. And, like, last year and the year before, and then this year, they seem to be more collaborative things where you're bringing in all these other artists you know, making things happen. And so I thought that was really cool to see some of that. And I grew up with a lot of that music. <laughs> I was a, a child of the late nineties and early two thousands when some of this, some of that came out. So it's like, it was really cool. Yeah. It's really funny. Um, hearing those songs because they do, they take me right back to like college times <laughs> turned down for what? And uh, yeah. By Usher, and it, yeah, and I, I do appreciate that how they had, uh, you know, all the different people that come in and sing or, or rap a verse on that song <laughs> come out and and do it for uh, for the show. That was uh, really fun to see. I can't pretend to have uh, any musical opinions though. I I still listen primarily to seventies and eighties rock bands. So <laughs> heck yeah. Um, do we yeah. say the controversial thing is that when music was still good? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's controversial to say that music like that isn't really getting made anymore. I've tried to find like a modern rock band with that sort of feel, but it all just like, it seems like there's a lot more of like veering into the heavier stuff or like metal. And I don't, I don't like that. I, <laughs> So it's been really hard for me to find a current band that plays a similar style. Yeah, I, I can I can get behind it. That that feels pretty accurate. I did ask uh, Chat GPT one time. Uh oh. Like, give me some current bands that are in that style, and it came up with some stuff, and I I need to revisit that because one of them was kind of okay. <laughs> uh, so maybe there is still some non-garbage music out there. I don't know. <laughs> 
we'll, we'll get back to you on the next podcast. We'll, yeah, we'll check in. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a good performance by Usher. A lot of energy. It was funny. I was watching with my six-year-old daughter. And when he like took his shirt off, she was like, ew. <laughs> He's like, why is he naked? <laughs> and you were just like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> That was, um, of course, the highlight. Apparently, yeah. the one part we both liked, which was the guitar solo, uh, many, many, yeah. many bigger musicians and people who know guitar more than I think I know I do, pointed out that that was not live at all. Yeah, it's disappointing. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and I like, I didn't want to fall for any conspiracies, but like the more I read on what they were writing, and I was like, these people look like they actually may know. They're not yeah. just trolls on the internet. And I'm like, well, I'm going to continue to believe in my heart that it was real. <laughs> I mean, someone performed that at some point. It may not have been uh, actually happening live. I mean, that's been a controversy in the Super Bowl for years, right? About them forcing artists basically to lip sync and have everything pre-recorded, and they're playing. Yeah, that that was. Uh, I think it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers who made a big deal about, or were more open about that than others have been. They were like, yeah, they wouldn't even let us plug in our guitars. It was all <laughs> pre-recorded, which is kind of a bummer, but I understand why they do it. Well, from an artist standpoint, it's like, look, we're out there to put on a show and you're not letting us do what we're trained to do. That'd be like telling football players, go out there, but don't tackle each other. Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> we're talking about Green Bay's defense. <laughs> I appreciate that joke, but I'll do you another one. Don't you know the NFL is all scripted anyway? They're all just actors out there. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Anyway, let's get back to the game. In the second half, uh, Chiefs got the ball first. Near disaster on the very first play as Mahomes went to pitch it back to Isaiah Pacheco, who just straight dropped it through his hands. I mean, that was pretty hilarious. I mean, it was like my jaw hit the ground like this is not happening. And just it, yeah. the ball hit his hands. It was a little bit behind and just Pacheco kind of like watched it. And I'm like, this is where it all comes undone. Yeah, and it almost did or could have certainly if, if he hadn't fallen on the loose ball. Uh, but even though he got it. It was still a 12-yard loss, and a couple plays later, Mahomes threw an interception. He overthrew Travis Kelsey right into the waiting arms of the safety for an interception inside Chiefs territory at the 45-yard line. Um, however, then it was the Chiefs' defense's turn to step up and, and force a stop. The 49ers could do absolutely nothing, went three and out and had to punt. It was a great punt, though. So the, here's like they're playing the field position game, right? They're not going to take a chance and go for it. They executed a perfect punt, downed it at the Kansas City two-yard line. Now they're, you know, the advantage defense in that situation again. And uh, they did get the stop. There was a third and one from the Chiefs' own 11-yard line. Uh, I thought this might be relevant later, so I wrote it down that they had to burn a timeout here as the play clock was running down. Ended up not mattering. But in any case, even after the timeout, the 49ers' defense made another huge stop. They stuffed Pacheco on the third down run. 
there was some uh, uh, injury scare for Debo Samuel on the Niners' next drive. He went down in a heap with a non-contact injury. It looked like he was holding his hamstring. By the way, that would have been the second one after Dre Greenlaw went down. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. he was coming off the sideline, it looked like, and it looked like he popped his Achilles. Yeah, I think that's what the re- report indicated after the game. Uh, he was unable to play uh, the rest of the game. Samuel, luckily... Ended up coming right back in after a brief visit to the blue medical tent. What do you think they do in there? And why does it have to be private? I feel like they have Area 51 technology and they kind of like <laughs> scan people. They've got ET in there. Just <laughs> Hamstring bad. Go to back. <laughs> go home. ET, we're at an away stadium. Go to locker room. <laughs> Achilles back together. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess. Because uh, <laughs> he really just got like a bunch of drugs and injections in there. Like, here you go, buddy. Get back to your phone. Yeah, he opens up a little tiny briefcase, and it looks like what you would find in like, you know, a war movie for torture instruments. But really, it's just like cortisone and like adrenaline. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Anyway, so Debo was fine. That ended up not mattering either. The uh, It was the Chiefs who scored next, uh, narrowing the gap with with the 57-yard field goal by Harrison Butker, who broke the record set just an hour ago prior by, by Jake Moody. Which I don't know if I missed that, but I don't remember them, like, announcing that. Like, I remember saying that the 50-yard field goal was good, but I don't remember them making a big deal like they did with the 55-yard but I might have just missed some of the commentary. Hmm, Yeah, I'm not sure. I was in and out and entertaining the kids. But uh, maybe maybe they were bored. They're like, ah, this record was already set once this game. We don't have to bring bring it up again. (laughs) Champagne's already been popped. We can't do this a second time. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We already used all the fireworks. And uh, a key play on this drive was a genius offensive play call by Andy Reid, where Mahomes uh, faked the handoff, took a beat where he, you know, pretended he was didn't have the ball, but he actually did, and then took off running himself, with which nobody on the defense had accounted for. Because I don't know if I've ever seen the Chiefs run this play; they just pulled it out of the bag of tricks, and it was it worked. Yeah, it was basically a quarterback keep. Right. Yeah. Which yeah, never I, works in Madden. Yeah, that, it was a great call, and it, and it was a big play, at least 20, 20 yards, I think, he ran for. And um, let's see, so it's 10 to 6 at that point. Another quick 49ers three and out gave Mahomes the ball back again, and it felt like you could feel the momentum kind of shifting now. This was the 49ers' third straight three and out to start the second half. And in those three drives, there was only one rush attempt for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I thought it was so weird. It reminded me of what Baltimore did, where they seemed to be like they could run the ball, but they completely changed the script then and got away from the one thing they were good at. And that was decently effective. They were moving the chains. Because when you looked at the second half, Steve Spagnuolo, credit to an incredible defensive coordinator, He stopped playing the zone and basically went man to man in that second half with the coverages against the Niners team. And to me, 
that meant you should have at least tried to run inside zones, more sweeps, try to stretch that defense and, and load the box so you can take a one-on-one shot down the line. And it just seemed like they weren't running the ball, which I did not understand. Right. And, and because of the man, this, maybe it was a halftime adjustment, but because of that switch to that man coverage and the fact that the chiefs have outstanding cornerbacks, um, the Purdy just had nowhere to throw the ball. They were all con- heavily contested. Um, you, they couldn't get anything going through the air. And yeah, they seemingly weren't even trying on the ground. Um, it was bizarre in the Baltimore game where they were, it was their bread and butter, and it was a close game throughout, even though they were losing for most of it. But in this game, the Niners were still winning at this point and not even, you know, really attempting to reestablish the ground game. And uh, I think that you could point to that as one of the reasons the 49ers did kind of lose control here. Uh, luckily, the 49ers defense was still playing great. They forced another punt on the on that Chiefs' next drive. But this is where things really took a turn for the worse. Thank um, God for the replay on this because I didn't see the first part. I just saw the what the end result was and thought it was dumb until you saw actually kind of the way it played out. It's always hard to tell on these punts. It's like, did the ball hit, you know, one of the returning players or not? It's hard to tell live, like you said. Because it looked like it was just a muffed punt, and you're like, what were you doing? And then you realize that the ball clipped the foot, and, like, it was kind of smart because that was a live ball. Right. It's just when he dove for it, it just didn't work. He tried, yeah, the returner. um, He tried to pick it up after it was off the leg of his uh, blocker, but... Just couldn't field it cleanly and uh, went through his hands and the Chiefs recovered in great field position. And I feel like this always happens. Like on the very next play, Mahomes found Marcus Veldes-Scantling for the easy touchdown. He was wide open. And the Chiefs took their first lead of the game, 13-10, to late in the third quarter. Uh, By the way, that was also the third holding call that wasn't called. Yeah, on the offense. Oh, yeah. On – that guy we talked about in the preview, 74, the right tackle. Juwan Taylor, there we go. Thank you for nothing. Uh, <laughs> I know he was guilty of one early on where he basically, like, yes, there was one on here because he was, it was supposed to be an illegal block downfield, I think, because he was more than one yard off, and he was just trucking the defender down and I don't remember if it was Taylor but it was one of the linemen but then there was another one where they grabbed and basically horse collared Josie ja, Bosa Bosa yeah and it was like nothing was called there and then there was another one where Bosa was basically taken out by the back almost like a chop block hmm. um, that they didn't call but yeah this was like the third holding that occurred that was not called suspicious I mean, yeah, I think there wasn't a whole offensive holding called in the entire game on the Chiefs, right? I think all postseason. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it makes you think. But uh, anyway, Chiefs had their first lead, and this is when uh, my six-year-old abandoned me for the Chiefs bandwagon. Oh, no. <laughs> we were all in agreement, uh, 49ers, before the game. but <laughs> You got to work on that, Mike. I might have to disown your kids. <laughs> the Niners did respond. They had their best drive of the night, probably uh, last going 65 yards in 12 plays, including a key fourth down conversion to George Kittle. And uh, 
concluding with the touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings that put 49ers back on top. But only problem was Jake Moody's extra point was blocked. So instead of a 17 to 13 four point lead, it was just 16 to 13, which would prove crucial. And so um, began. However, I know I just threw her under the bus saying she bandwagoned for the Chiefs. I was I was had a proud pop-up moment here too. I was actually in the other room doing whatever when this touchdown was scored, but but she was watching the game in front of the TV still. And you know, the the newest Chiefs fan of the night, I heard her yell out and say, "No!" because she saw the score change that the 49 that her team, her new team, the Chiefs were now losing. And I just love that she understood what was going on and was upset about it. And I'm like, all right. Is your parents well, becoming successful? <laughs> it only took six years, but I got her to care about football. I mean, Pokemon, Star Wars, now football. You might be doing something right over there. Next is Lord of the Rings. I think they're a little young for that still. <laughs> it's fine. Tonight we eat man flesh. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll be there when you explain. I'll explain that one. <laughs> anyway, I was I was very proud of her in this moment. Uh, welcome to sports, because all it is is aggravation to be at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and this this also made me think of a, a moment from my own childhood when um, I wasn't allowed to stay up late enough to watch Monday Night Football. So that was something up until last year. Yeah, right. <laughs> so my, my parents would record it for me and then I would watch it the next morning, like during breakfast and stuff. And I, I think it was the uh, St. Louis Rams, <clears throat> Kurt Warner. I guess I was a big fan or whatever. And But he was having a terrible game and I was watching the, the morning, I guess Tuesday morning. And I was so upset that I ran into the kitchen and said to my mom, Mom, Kurt Warner sucks. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. And then she said, oh, don't say that word. <laughs> now we just use different verbiage. <laughs> Kurt Warner sucks donkey. <laughs> well, you better mark that one. That one wasn't on me. What? I didn't say anything. I implied something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, back to the game. <clears throat> Teams traded field goals after that. Uh, San Francisco in the lead 19 to 16 with just under two minutes left. The Chiefs just took over possession with two timeouts remaining. But at this point, just like the Chiefs defense made an adjustment at halftime, the, the offense had really figured something out, too. I think Kelsey had one catch for one yard in the first half and eight for 95 in the second half or something like that. And um, there was, uh, the, he and Mahomes linked up for a, a third down conversion. It was a great, great effort by Kelsey, who was in man, or was uh, manned up on by the Niners linebacker, Fred Warner, who is one of the best in the game. And he had been doing Phenomenal a pretty good job. Phenomenal linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd been doing a good job all night, really. But he was in man coverage against Kelsey on this particular play. And. Kelsey put the moves on him and got free immediately coming across the field. Mahomes found him with the easy pitch and catch, and he ran uh, for about about 21 yards down to the Niners' 11-yard line. There was a point, though, when he was running, built up ahead of steam. I thought he was going to score on that play. 
Yeah, but, it looked it looked pretty close. Um, I just it's it's always good to know that even the best of the best right are human. Like as good as Warner was and as aggravating as he was hearing his name against Green Bay, it's like he's human. You can beat him. You just have to have the right matchup. Yeah. So they got down to the 11, but the, the Niners defense did come up with one more stop, forcing a game-tying field goal that sent the Super Bowl to overtime for just the second time in league history. And did you know? What? When was the other time in history? It was pretty recent, right? Relatively. It was should it? be pretty f- recent in your memory because it involved uh, one of the two head coaches. Was a very particular score. Was that the Falcons game? The 28 to 3 game? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. I, I saw, I always, in, in any kind of sports broadcast, when they say, like, second time, whatever, or he's second in whatever stat, it, it always begs the question in my mind, well, who's first? And sometimes they don't say it, and it's really aggravating. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here to contribute bits and pieces. All right, so the game went to overtime. Lots of contradicting uh, stories over the past few days about whether or not the 49ers players knew the rules <laughs> because they did actually change recently a couple years ago to guarantee that each team would have one offensive possession regardless of what happened um, on the first team's drive. Even if they scored a touchdown, that uh, would still guarantee the other team a, a one chance to match them. Um, obviously, Shanahan knew the rules, and... People may disagree with it, but he did have a strategy when he won the toss and, and chose to have the ball first. Oh, did he? Uh, well, the way he explained it, his thought was if the teams equaled each other, so like if they both scored either a field goal or a touchdown, then the 49ers would have the, the third possession, the decisive one, in, in a true sudden death scenario where even a field goal would win. And I, but, I agree. I heard that take on it, too. And I and I do like what he was thinking, because he's sitting there thinking. We will put points on the board one way or another, and then you basically just have to hope that they can either match or you can hold them. Right. Because if you stop them like. You win. However, I do hear I did get the other side of like. Whoever takes the ball first has three downs to play and whoever gets the ball after that has four downs to play. Yeah. Yep, and so right. you're basically saying we think we're better than the Chiefs because we can we my defense is good enough to give Mahomes a fourth down. And it's like bold. But not totally like it's not idiotic, I think I get there's going to be hate because they lost. Right. Ultimately, right. it resulted in a loss in the world's biggest stage. But. There, there's there's logic there. It may be certainly faulty, but there there he he wasn't just like completely oblivious. Yeah, he he had a plan. Um, but obviously going up against Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. <laughs> he knew who the advent the like as you explained it. The advantage of having the ball second is you know exactly what you need to do based on uh, what what the other team did. Whether that's a field goal, then you have uh, more options. Obviously, you can just try to match that and keep continue the game or uh, play the more aggressive route where 
um, you just go for it on on everything on the fourth downs, and that's what they did. And they, so yeah, the Niners did get a field goal. They had a good drive, got inside the ten yard line again, but had to settle for three. So uh, Chiefs got the ball down just three points, touchdown to win, field goal to just extend the game. But I think it is because of that having the ball second and knowing exactly what they had to do. They went for it on fourth down several times on this drive and and they got it every time the Niners defense, they played well. I mean, they kept putting them in third and long or even fourth down situations, but. And it uh, always makes me chuckle with that because like everyone, like including myself was thinking if Purdy pulls this off, right. It all, it should end any like slander that's been set against him. But I feel like Purdy played pretty well against this. And it just these defenses just kept getting blown by these these critical plays at wrong times. And then the offensive line just was bogging down. Like, I don't yeah. know. It just felt like it, it the collapse happened really quick. That's another good thing to bring up. Um, you're right about Purdy. He played a good game, but there were they kept getting into the red zone and having to settle for field goals because Spagnolo was bringing these crazy blitzes where Purdy had guys wide open. He just literally didn't have enough time to throw them the ball because he had pressure in his face already. And the Niners kind of tried to do the same thing to Mahomes, but he's one of those quarterbacks where almost the worst thing you can do is blitz him because he's. I hate to say it and make the comparison, but that's why, like, you never blitz Brady. Right. These guys are so smart they can see it coming and they you know where it's coming from you know where the open man is going to be and uh, just time and time again Mahomes took advantage of them on these blitzes and he had a couple of big scrambles on this this final drive as well that kept the chains moving eventually they got all the way down to the Niners three yard line and he threw the Super Bowl winning touchdown pass to McCole Hardman um apparently I saw this very briefly because, of course, I turned the game off immediately after and was like, it's nope. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there was a funny little tidbit at the at like the uh, the postgame table where apparently it took Hardman a few minutes, like a few moments to realize what just happened. Like apparently he didn't realize that that was the touchdown that won the Super Bowl. Like he just realized he caught a touchdown and he started jogging like he was getting ready to get off the field. And he stopped and looked around and realized everyone celebrated. And it was Mahomes that came up and told him, you just won the Super Bowl. What's all this confetti doing? <laughs> that was kind of my thought. Like, I didn't want to say it, but. That's, that's funny. Yeah. I did notice, like, it kind of, like, he didn't have much of a reaction initially. I'm like, dude, you just won this. Like you said, <laughs> you just won the Super Bowl. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Confetti rained down from the sky like the tears of 49ers fans everywhere. I did keep watching the post game because uh, my daughter wanted to see Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, who, of course, did make her way down to the field for some uh, smoochy time with Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and cue the more I questions. Are they married? You have to say that the post-game party that has been on social media, Jason Kelsey, I am now the probably one of, like, the world, one of the biggest fans. <laughs> did you see anything? No, I did not. So there was this, like, it was, like, in a, in a club or something, but there's 
Travis and Taylor dancing, and then the camera pans to Jason in a luchador mask dancing next to the DJ Marshmallow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, there's a clip I meant to send you, but I I, did, I forgot to send it to you today. But it's basically their New Heights podcast, right? They're talking about it. Yeah. And in the background is Kylie, Jason's wife. And they're just like, what was your thoughts on this? And basically she sums it up by being like, I was not surprised at all. But he found this mask apparently just on the on the dance floor and just picked it up and <laughs> put it on. <laughs> Jason seems like a good time. Travis scares me. Uh, but <laughs> Jason seems like a good dude. Jason is like the perfect person to go to a bar with. <laughs> so the Chiefs and Mahomes lift the Lombardi for the third time in the past five years, the second year in a row. He's still only 28 years old, and the dynasty is undeniable now. I think he had some comments before the season that you couldn't really call it a dynasty yet. I think you can now. He's Yeah. And in terms of the 49ers, well, they already fired their defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, which I don't know if I think is justified. I feel like they had a good plan and did a pretty good job. I mean, they held him to 19 points in regulation. You can't ask for much more than that, in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, apparently the 49ers have some high aspirations if they're sitting there immediately thinking we can do better. Yeah, I guess so, and I guess that's what you want. But uh, Speaking of doing better, Kyle Shanahan is going to hope to improve his Super Bowl record if he does ever get back. Because he's now 0-3 as a coach in the Super Bowl, having held double-digit leads in all of them, as you already referenced, most famously the, the 28-3 game in Atlanta where he was the coordinator and play caller. And I don't know that – I can't speak for this 100%. I haven't watched, gone back and watched the games myself, but I've seen a lot of talk on social media that he seems to have a tendency to abandon the running game in all of them. And I actually do remember that from the Atlanta game. Um, yeah, don't don't get me started on that one. I know, I know. Yeah, I know you're a big, uh, you were a big Matty Ice fan, um, Matt Ryan. I'll and, always be a Matt Ryan fan, but like, yeah, it's just when things are working, why why do coaches have a tendency to like shy away when things work? I'll never understand it. Like they outsmart themselves or something. I don't know. Or they overthink it. Like you tell your players, yeah. keep it simple, act on instinct, and yet we sit here and watch coaches doing phenomenal and then they're just like hey what's that over there oh passing <laughs> but the run's working yeah but we could pass the ball or you could run the ball pass gotcha <laughs> yeah and um, you know they may not have all the same players going into the next season some high profile guys like brandon Ayuk are set to hit free agency and um I mean, that's what makes it so that's what makes the NFL so fun and makes it so hard to be a perennial contender. I mean, look what happened to the Eagles. They lost their coordinators last offseason. They lost a bunch of defensive starters. And yeah, they still made the playoffs, but they were nowhere near the team they were a season ago. And 49ers, uh, they, they're set up in some ways where you've they've got that ideal situation of a quarterback on his rookie contract especially a seventh round rookie contract. That's probably about as cheap as you can get. Right. But they're paying a lot of guys around him, a lot of money like, um, like McCaffrey Debo 
Um, I mean, but, uh, that's that's part of being the GM, right? They're going to have to kind of figure that out. And I hope for their sake they can figure out most of that because McCaffrey and Debo seem to be critical things for that for that offense. So, and of course, I think Purdy's earned his paycheck. Oh, he absolutely has. The weird thing is he's he'll be only coming into the, his third year in the league uh, next season. And if it wasn't for the injury in the championship game last year, he might have been going back to back in the Super Bowl. Could you well, imagine that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And uh, I want to talk about you for a second, Matt. You clearly have a crystal <laughs> crystal ball or something given you. I thought you were going to talk about my lack of involvement in the show. I was going to be like, I thought that was known when we started this. But... <laughs> no, I want to talk about the crystal ball you've got because you predicted. <laughs> You predicted this exact outcome back in August. Chiefs Niners with the Chiefs winning. <laughs> I know, and I changed it. Well, I changed when we were talking about this before the bowl. Like, I I picked the Niners, and it looked like that would have been a, a, a stroke of genius. But like many, I think it was wishful thinking. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's the first time on the show we've actually had a, a prediction. And to, to cap it off, I don't know what went right this year, but like pretty much my entire NFC bracket in the playoffs was 100% correct um, until we got to the Super Bowl. And thank you for the Dolphins for screwing up my bracket completely. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think before all the uh, celebrity fame interjected, I was I was looking forward to it. I think it's nice, you know, it was it was a different team, a different division. He such shed some light on. We were away from New England, and they're they're a powerhouse. Like that team is just well built and well coached. Um, will I do it again? I have no idea. I'm not going to even attempt to say yes. <laughs> you better. I expect that now. <laughs> I got this. So that's all. Where do we go from here? Well, bedtime. Time to relax. Yes, bedtime. Uh, first and yes. foremost. And uh, at least in terms of the show, we can relax for the next month or so until free agency begins. Oh, excellent. The chaos of the offseason. I mean, in a way, it's equally exciting. As it's the funny, too, because we always want to talk about it. But then it's like recording once it starts is so hard because you just don't know when it's going to end. Like there's those first three days of absolute madness. Yeah. But then some of the biggest stories get released like a week or two later. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I mean, we'll talk schedule, obviously. I'm thinking we wait at least like a week into free agency before we uh, come in with a kind of a Because it'll, it'll never cease to fail. We'll get done with an episode, and like an hour later, we'll get a Breaking message news. saying something major just happened. And you're like, well, yeah. that would have been a good segment. <laughs> good thing we spent, you know, five minutes talking about why that guy hadn't been signed yet. <laughs> Record-breaking anyway. contract deal. Really? <laughs> that guy so we'll be back we'll be back uh in your ears sometime around then mid-march when uh, free agency starts and after that we're we'll be coming right up on the draft beginning april 25th so we'll have plenty of t- to talk about hopefully go through and do another mock draft and talk some prospects and stuff um, before the offseason really starts at the at the end of april so for now at least let's just all catch our collective breath after another awesome NFL season. 
been a wild ride as always. And uh, yeah, Matt, just want to thank you for taking time out of your life to do this with me. I know scheduling alone makes it a nightmare to work with me, let alone uh, my personality. I mean, there's a reason alcohol is invented. <laughs> this is it. We found it. This is the reason. <laughs> it's taken me all these years to figure it out. And finally, I just, I had this, I had this light bulb moment that said, Mike. I mean, we tried iced coffee back in the original days. But that didn't do anything. It didn't help, right? <laughs> no, I still slept through most of the show. Except that was more embarrassing. It was at like your living room table. <laughs> well, I was just like, why is he passed out on the table? I'm like, oh, he, he just listened to me rant about Brett Favre for 10 minutes. And put him right to bed. <laughs> I figured like this is going to be a while. We'll just take a little nappy nap here and come back to the join them at the end of the show you just uh turned on a light bulb in my head i should try that with uh with the kids i'm like let me tell you a story about the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. <laughs> I've, uh, except you've got to update it now and talk about aaron Rodgers and the jets <laughs> it was we should be a quick story he ran, he ran out onto the field Monday night football with a giant American flag <laughs> and then snapped his Achilles at the end. <laughs> All right, time to go call Matt. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, and uh, thanks to you, the listeners, as well, for another fun season at the Matt and Mike Football Hour. I was going to say we couldn't do this without you, but we'd do this even if nobody was listening. And let's be honest. Just about nobody's listening. I, think. I was going to say, shout out to Morocco. <laughs> I'm telling you, in the offseason, we should do, uh, well, I guess we can't call it 2M anymore, but the Madden Mike football hour with soccer balls. I will hang up this call right now. <laughs> Jeez, what, what, are you, what do you have against other sports? He said no to the fantasy baseball league. You won't talk about soccer with me. But... Okay. All right. We're going to get into this now. <laughs> It, we'll do it live. <laughs> okay. First of all, Go ahead. the one time we went and watched soccer at Buffalo Wild Wings, I was completely freaking confused. Like no other sport has. I do watch the World Cup. I'll give you that. I typically try to watch the World Cup, and it, I don't understand soccer. It seems so simple, but the clock runs in the wrong direction. <laughs> I don't understand what the yellow. I know what the yellow and red cards are for. I don't understand how they determine when to pull them and when a player gets a card versus when two wait. people just run into each other. Hold it makes on, no wait. sense to me. Did you hear they're adding a third card, a blue card? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give them an Uno reverse card. They keep that crap up. <laughs> fantasy <laughs> baseball. I can barely function through fantasy football. Do you want me to take time to figure out baseball players? See, I only tried fantasy hockey and how much of a disaster that was. And I watch more hockey than baseball, which isn't a lot. <laughs> Because all the hockey players I knew are, I don't know, retired now. Where's uh, Crawford? Corey Crawford, right? Is that a thing? Not on the Penguins, I don't think. <laughs> anyway, see, this is great. I'm, I'm having fun. This would be great content, even if it's just <laughs> you yelling at me. <laughs> even though, let's be real, even the most diehard soccer fan can't couldn't explain to you the offsides rule. Nobody understands that. <laughs> Again, when it comes to the rules, I know more hockey rules than soccer rules. Like I know icing. I know what's offsides. Soccer field makes no sense. 
I don't understand offense and defense. I don't know how the coaches sit there with a little board and script plays. I'm like, they're running and kicking a ball, kick it to the guy that's open. Well, since you brought up hockey, it's interesting. Uh, the, the concept of the blue card is like a penalty box. It's like you did a, you made a bad foul. So you have to go here. So here's a blue card and you have to go sit on the side for 10 minutes. That's literally the concept of the blue card and everyone's mad about it. I mean, yeah. How many blue cards before they become a yellow card? That's a great question. That That's part of what uh, people want to know. See, look at this. This is perfect. You could do it. <laughs> I'm now wide awake with rage. I can hear that. I've, I've never heard you so passionate on the show. <laughs> this was something. I, I, just need, I just need to get you upset. and You could let out all the rage and, and rant format. And it's, I don't know uh, what happened there. Very entertaining. <laughs> all right. Well, let me put an actual bow on this thing. So with all that said, thank you, Matt. Thank you, listeners, um, for another great season. And we'll talk to you soon. See you after this commercial break. Sponsored by Timu, who had way too many ads during the Super Bowl. <laughs> thank you for taking time and listening to the Matt and Mike Football Hour. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, please leave a like. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, make sure you leave a comment below. And as always, we will see you next time right here in the virtual studio with myself, Matt, and Mike.